Hello and welcome to the Soccer Speakeasy Post-Hell Edition. Today is Tuesday, the 27th of August, 2019, and I'm Mike A. trying to guide Jacob Myers, our crew beat writer, and Kyle Robertson, Ohio's greatest sports shooter. Patrick Flaherty's behind the dials per usual, and we're just a, a couple days removed from Sunday's 3-1 to victory over the FC Cincinnati's at the Nippert Stadium. Let's cover that quickly, I guess. Jacob can fill us in on the latest news regarding injuries and such, and the messy acquisition. And then we'll move on to questions, which we omitted last week. Kyle's very excited for the questions, it appears. Crew has uh, 30 points, still sitting in uh, 11th place in the Eastern Conference, seven points in back of seventh place, Toronto, I believe it is. Is that how it goes, Jacob? Yeah, they they beat Montreal this weekend. I'll look it up real quick. But yes, they're still seven points back. Yes, seven. Uh, So big three points, and for some reason my data's up. A big... (laughs) (laughs) No, a big three points. It it keeps, as I wrote on Sunday, you, you need the Hubble space telescope to see the ray of hope for the playoffs for the crew but you know i i liked what porter said after the game was on to the next one we'll see we'll see what happens we'll see how it goes down down the stretch here it can be volatile in september and september is nigh first gentlemen your thoughts on the cincinnati game which uh, in fact we we did cover in a quick video with kyle behind the camera on the field you, at nippert stadium yeah patrick we don't want to know where he is to tell you the truth <laughs> something about a dark basement um, but uh, that was a very emphatic victory. At least the first half was three yeah. to one, a two goal win. Probably should have been a three goal win. Had a little uh, cage match as well. It was a, it was a good rivalry day. I would submit not as much energy as was in Crew Stadium two weeks prior when the teams met for the first time in MLS competition. But still, a good crowd of thirty thousand, and it was over at halftime. And by the middle of the second half, there was a at least a trickle of an exodus, which which picked up as the second half wore on. Jacob, your thoughts on the game from, should I say, a technical standpoint, Kyle? Yeah. From the technical standpoint. Well, technical standpoint, all they really tried to do was play down that right side with Luis Diaz just burning Andrew Gutman. Oh, God. I mean, they were in hell. So yeah. he technically was burning him up over there. Dude got roasted. Diaz looked great. I think you're really seeing him starting to come into the fold. And he's only 22, so you've got to think he has a lot of potential. Second half, though, I, I thought Cincinnati. Coming, we're starting to see him come into the fold. Yeah, with that. He's already in the fold. I Come guess, into his own. Yeah. Thank you for correcting me. Everyone needs a good editor. You got to watch your cliches, man. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. I should, I should work on them or, or just get rid of them altogether. Yeah, I would advise the latter. He looked really good. He, you know, scored his first MLS goal. The second half, Cincinnati had a lot of chances. I thought they had more than enough to tie the game, really. And Aloy Room has proven yep. since he's gotten here that he's an admirable replacement to Zach Steffen. So. He, he's a beauty to talk yep. to as well. I mean, yeah, he yeah. said he said the fight in the net was fun. And I, I use fight in air quotes. It was a shoving melee. You know, I, I always found it hilarious when, when a team scores a goal and they're behind. In, in this case, yep. by two goals after they score in the 89th minute did Cincinnati, when they run in the net to grab the ball to get it out to uh, like they'll have more time to score another goal. Yeah, I've never understood that. So Mensa, They're not even the one kicking off anyway. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So Mensa grabs the ball. High and tight, and like I wouldn't want to try to get the ball away from Mensa, would you? No. I would not. And then, as Room put it, the whole team jumped him. And it was only about half the team, but it was quite a few individuals in blue shirts. I would have liked to have seen Mensa and Watson go at it. 
You were down the opposite end of the field, right? But you did have shots, and we counted 12 people in the net at one point. Yeah, until Room. And Room had the best shot. He almost pushed some dude right through the back of the net. It was like a two-handed UFC. It looked kind of like those baseball bras where a guy like uses the netting behind home plate, like a Johnny Cueto against the Cardinals so many years ago. There were no kicking guys, but yeah, it was quite entertaining. Just fun match in general. Like you said in your column, Mike, every team that comes into Nippert Stadium tends to be the best team in Ohio. Uh, <laughs> that that was certainly true Sunday. But uh, they look, were dominant I, I, in the first half. And one thing, I've, again, I found interesting about the postgame quotes about Porter, and, and uh, I picked on him throughout the season for things he said after games, XG. Um, but he also said that, look, this you can see the way we want to play. Yep. And it was. It was a pressing, trapping, quick counter. Yeah. He hates the word counter. Very efficient. Basically, you get the ball, you have space, just be efficient with it. That's what they did. And it, it seems to me, and, and I'm going to go over the tape, and, and uh, you know, I'll be breaking it down. There you go. But it seems to me like possession isn't as prized as keeping the ball on their offensive side of the field. And it seems like when they're at their best, that's how they space themselves and, and how they uh, how they trap. Well, I think it helps that they have – with the two addition to the wingers, they you know they have options now. You know before you know they'd only go down one side or you know you wouldn't go down you know whatever. But now you know they have options and you know Mokhtar is doing a you know a really good job yes. on the left side. Yeah. But then to keep on you know we, we've talked about this last you know Zardes he needed a game like this to kind of get over his little slump that he had and kind of missing some easy goals. That's putting it gently. Yes. Yeah. I mean. I think the team that you're seeing now is a playoff caliber team. The only issue was is this team would, took a while for it to kind of come together. And I think it'll be interesting to see as the next season kind of comes up, see how many different things kind of change. But I think this team is playing probably the best ball they've played since the beginning of the year. With the small sample size, I don't yeah. think that's a misguided interpretation of what we've seen. They're still you know, a few pieces right. away from being the picture that they totally envisioned. But as you pointed out, Mike, they're... 3-1-3 three, three, three in their yeah. last seven. Yeah, They should have five or yeah. six Ws in that span. Yeah. But, yeah. And they're right in the hunt at that point. Yeah. But back to your point about how they want to play, they're fine with yeah. playing. I think they want to play with possession when they can out of the yes, back. Yes. Yeah. But you saw like against Red Bulls, against San Jose, they were able to get Red Bulls, plural, plural. right? Mm-hmm. No but Red Bull. You can use a, an article in front of that. The Red Bulls. There you go. They were able to get points without possession because of the way those teams play. As you pointed out, get the ball in the offensive half, just play quickly, play smart. And they have the pieces now, I think, to consistently score up there. Jacobs, give me a rinse here. About time. Put a bow on Cincinnati. <laughs> I mean, really, to me, it's like... Put a bow on it. Since I mean, he is they, bad, they, the crew they, played well. They yeah. saw the Diaz matchup yeah. against Gutman immediately, and they probably had pre-scouted it, and they just... They just oh, Do we have any update on, How is on him? Yeah, because he kind of limped off there. He was available after the game. Asked him about it, albeit it was through a club interpreter, So, because I don't speak Spanish. I don't know exactly what he said, but he seemed fine. I he said he felt a tingle of some sort so I'm assuming you know they were up 3-0 at that point and they have options off the bench so it's like okay let's get this guy out of here he's done his job for the day he pulled up on a hammy it looked yeah. like yeah on a, on a long physical sprint I think he'll be fine Josh Williams also went out with an injury he, he was angry yeah, tough. He, yeah, he, he looked I think it, from, it looked to me like a foot re-aggravation couple uh, guessing, F-bombs into the yeah, t-shirt he was angry he had to take himself off the field and he was not happy yeah I, you feel for the guy because I think he's played solid He's been uh, when he's been in he's there. He's a calming presence back there, especially with they're a little wobbly at left back. So he's you a notice you notice him when he's in there. And and, and you know Connor Maloney did 
yeoman's work. Yeah, he played again. His best. Yeah, you put him in there because he's going to give a good effort. You know, he's smaller than just about anyone he's going to go up yeah. against. But yeah, he's falling in okay. All right, so the three points there, and they move on to what used to be a rivalry game, and probably still is, at least among the fans. The Chicago Fire are visiting the Moffray Stadium on Saturday, and it's an alumni night, Jacob. It is. I need to pull up who is there Duncan, again. Duncan will be here. I think uh, Alejandro Moreno. Ali Moreno's coming. Yeah, nice. Jeff that's Cunningham, us. Mike Clark, John Harks, yeah. and then Moreno and Otten. So that's a fine mix squad. of front court players and back court players there, Kyle. Yeah. And I heard on the jerseys, I believe with the numbers, they're going to like outline the number. So a number 11 is going to have like last names of players. Oh, that's cool. Down, down yeah. the number that construct the number. Just kind of a cool touch. More things to sell. Patrick will buy one. <laughs> you going to be there, Patrick? He doesn't know. Yeah. All right. Uh, should we go right into questions? You want to talk about the or, or uh, after or the, we should, like the the whole stadium atmosphere and this, that kind of stuff? This morning at the uh, downtown commission. Okay. Yes. Oh. That's right. There is yep. more news. A representative from Haslam Sports Group and then a architect consultant person for the city. They presented the plans. Oh, a heavy hitter from Haslam Sports Group. Yes. I think the COO was here. So in any case. There, I keep saying in any case, I gotta, I gotta rid myself of that crutch. No, nothing too new. Uh, there was also a guy there from Nationwide Realty. It sounded like they were about to say where exactly the deal was, and then the Nationwide guy kind of chirped up, said, "Oh, it'll get done soon." So the, the bottom line on this morning's news was the downtown commission rubber stamped the demolition of nine buildings in the arena district so that the on the city on side so that the uh, crew has a sports group. The soccer team can can begin clearing and preparing the land for uh, a dig to start construction to break ground. Right. The one thing that caught my eye about this morning's meeting with the downtown commission was there was someone on the record. And I forget who it was that said, yes, we plan to start digging in September. Now, I'd said that before, and then it was October, and I said October because that's what I was being told, and now here's someone in a public forum saying September. In any case, there, I did it again. I got to stop that. In any event, <laughs> it, it doesn't change. You know what? It doesn't, it doesn't change the fact that this thing's plugging along, and as frustrating as the process has been, it appears that our sources are not uh, misleading us when they say that there's no sweat here and that uh, the excitement's beginning to build. Correct. Uh, Phil Dangerfield was the representative from Haslam. Great last name, by the way. Any relation to Rodney? But yeah, September of mass excavation of the site, groundbreaking ceremony in October. Same timeline as normal. Next month, they are supposed to present full updated renderings and kind of a full look at the project uh, to the downtown commission. Next month is the rendering. Is that in conjunction to their store in the short north? What's that called? It'll be the Experience Center, if yeah, I, I think, remember my own reporting correctly. And so there's a lot of stuff coming, da- coming I think down. That's and we've separate. reported we've reported in the dispatch, there's a lot of announcements coming down the pike right. as soon as uh, we get through Labor Day here. I think if you're looking at like a timeline of it, you want to almost space it out so you get peaks at the right time, right? So maybe like the short north shop, and then two weeks later is this yeah. renderings, and two weeks after that's a... I think the rhythm of that is being handled in um, in Cleveland. Right. So let us quickly look ahead. They they have a, a little patch of road games coming up after Saturday, which makes their mountain a little steeper to climb, Jacob, does it not? Yeah, they go to... Well, it's they have the one-week break. Pretty steep, too. Yeah. I don't even think Striker Kyle can get up it right now. Nope. Do you want to uh, jump in against no. Joseph Martinez? Yeah. You so, couldn't carry your shield up this hill, man. Oh, no way. <laughs> I ditched that thing. 
so they have a they have a week. <laughs> no, break. you're forever to shield. <laughs> this always I comes accept back the new. Uh, <laughs> like, you guys are more than welcome to continue bringing it up as all, oh, all our listeners fun. as well. Like we need his permission. <laughs> All right, should I lay out the schedule? Yes, you should. All right. So they got a week uh, kind of break there for international duty. So August 31st is Saturday against the fire. Uh, Week break. Then at Atlanta, at Vancouver. Thank God that's not a 9 p.m. or 10 local start. That's a um, 5 o'clock. And then home against Philadelphia on September 29th. That's the last home game in the year. Finish at Toronto on October 6th. And we can and start we can start wondering whether Trap and Andor Zardis is going to get a get a call up, but uh, hmm. I don't know. This week changed it a little bit maybe, right? Yeah. Like they both played very well. Yes, they did. Yep. They did. All right, we didn't get to questions last week, so I guess we have some highly technical questions coming our way this week. Kyle, from what you've indicated yeah. earlier, some yeah, stuff got, about sandwiches <laughs> and, and movie rolls. Yes. All right. Somebody wants to know if you are currently embargoing any information of possible renderings. No. No. What we yeah. just said. Yeah. <laughs> no, but we wouldn't if we'd say no anyway. Yeah. Well, they wanted it. <laughs> roast beef sandwiches equals saw all the renderings. Sandwiches saw a few renderings. Or supporter shield, a groundbreaking is scheduled. Well, there were big picture renderings today, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Site, those site, site renderings. And, right. and you can go to dispatch.com. Jacob's all over that. There you go. All right. Then let's see here. This is actually a fairly good one, and, and we can probably kind of uh, talk about stadium rendering. Right. I mean, yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's going to be a big reveal. Right. What is the crew's record with MLS quality goalkeeping compared to without it? Wow. That's yeah. subjective. What are you trying to say there about some goalkeepers? I don't know. I think over the course yeah. of their history, they're uh, 1,000 and zero with, with great <laughs> goalkeeping. And, and, no, and that's that a good question. They have a mixed record. With, yeah. Well, you handle it then. Yeah. I, I'm I not think, saying it's not I a think good it's, question. It's but also... Like, yeah. How do you wrap your arms around well, it? It's also I, I only think, putting it on the goalkeeper in a way. Right. But, I mean, yeah. There were a lot of things that were like wrong earlier on the season. Like they had six shutouts over that You stretch. can say, what's their record right. with defensive breakdowns versus without defensive breakdowns? Right. Or quality I answers, appreciate right? the question, but I'm not going to answer it. All right. It's um, embargoed. It, it is <laughs> a embargoed. good question. Somebody else wants to know, how much money will the crew get for the naming rights to the new FC Cincinnati Stadium? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, that's, that's a pwn. They still, the kids still say pwn? Now I, they do. Yeah. <laughs> that's a hashtag Jarbs question. I'm still 10 years out of the loop. So Skyline. <laughs> All right. And then also, on a scale of 1 to 10, how offensive are Columbus Crew fans? I wouldn't know because I'm not out in the stands. So I, I can't rate them relative to other fans. We can see sniping back and forth yeah. on Twitter. And I, I would say, generally speaking, they're like any other fans. They're, right. they, I think uh, in the main, they try to keep it reasonable, but uh, there's always people out there. I'll say that a friend of mine was between the cruise section and the Cincinnati sections. Yeah. And he moved. Yeah. You know, he just went down in, in the standing room area like because he said ah, I didn't, he didn't need that stuff. Well, I think there were some jabs towards the end, back and forth. I think crew fans were, where were they chanting? They were chanting, uh, I think they were chanting it's USL. Been, this is a, our house. Yeah, this is our house. It's been a, cu- a tough yeah. couple of years yeah. for them, and they've and then, taken a lot of crap from Cincinnati <laughs> then, people, you know? And then the Cincinnati. Cincinnati's the new Seattle, right? Yeah. Well, and then the Cincinnati supporters <laughs> kind of came back with, you know, they kept on chanting Austin, which 
Yeah, not, was, you know, was the, the chant Austin, yeah, Texas, yeah. or I think your I house is Austin? I thought, it was, I thought it was funny when they yeah. showed the crew fans on the Jumbotron and on the PA, it was piped, all my exes live in Texas. Yeah. Then the crew chanted midway through the second half. The crew fans were chanting, beat the traffic, which I thought was funny. Yeah. And then they chanted, this is our house. And then the Cincinnati fans chanted back at them, Austin is your house. Yeah. It was either that or Austin, Texas. Yeah. I saw they, kind of both yeah, people. Yeah, I think it was a little bit of both. So, either way, Austin yeah. was in it. So it was every, a divided. It was a divided section. They they were both. But everyone. Right, both. Yeah. My yeah. point is, everyone was running out right. of material oh, yeah. by that point. You know, because the game was decided yeah. by halftime. All right, cough twice during this segment if you have renderings, but aren't allowed to share them yet. I have like an innate feeling I need to cough now. <laughs> All right, it's like when you see someone yawn and then you yawn. I have not seen any renderings. I haven't either. As far as I've, you, I've asked about him, too. All right. With so many knee injuries, has there been any indication of changes to the conditioning coaches or conditioning program going forward? It's a good question. Uh, I have not asked. That's something that will definitely come up in the future. They have a new doctor. Yeah. Well, it was kind of like the, the Blue Jackets uh, um, a few years ago had a had a rash or uh, yes. uh, of groins it, it, that kind of like, it you know, for a couple years. You know, it happens. But. I don't think the training changes all that much, honestly, and I don't think their monitoring of these guys changes all that much. Uh, I think it's a cyclical thing. Um, teams have injuries, and sometimes they have historically gotcha. bad number of injuries. All right. Uh, what indications are there that the crew are successfully building for 2020, not just present players, but available DP slots, TAM, and GAM for future players? Well, I think one good sign is what we saw in the first half, as Porter noted, that's how he wants. I like seeing his style emerge, yep. so he's not only making excuses. Of course, it's easier after a win. As far as Tim and Gam, yep. Tim Bezbachenko's been piling this stuff up and using it judiciously. And, uh, and who the heck knows where well, it's going to go with the CBA well, he, coming up? He has stated, and ownership has stated over these, you know, at, at different points over these last eight to ten months that there will be a expensive DP coming in some, some something between five and eight million or something like that six being a you know thumbnail number mm-hmm. can't pin it exactly but it depends on whom and who's available who they're targeting now we can't say who they're who they're out you know we can't say what their scouts are doing the scouting thing the apparatus is right. in place now the director is is on board and and they have their uh, international web woven do you think there's a chance of more younger DPs than a like proven like eight, nine, ten million dollar guy? I'd say a mix. What Tim Bezbachenko has said to me when I asked often. this, when he yeah. said this often, yes, that about well, there's a big ticket. There's also young DPs you yeah. develop and sell, preferably right. American yeah. guys yes. too. Yeah bring people in the stadium so yeah so like look at Luis Diaz say he does what he did Sunday he's consistently been, he's been good for a while now though yeah you know yeah he's still yeah, he's 20 years old yeah. yeah yeah he's French Costa Rican he national. 20 or 22 because you said 22 earlier oh he's 20 if I misspoke yeah he's 20 so yeah very young dude but I think like you said Mike it's it's all about who's available I think they'll go younger than trying to get a yeah. guy who's in his 30s and played a lot right. in Europe I, well, I, think, on the I think that's a better move to I, get two or three younger guys that are at I, a million, two million, three million than one big guy. I look at it this way. Their plan is to have a roster in place that's playoff ready by the middle of July, uh, two years hence. Oh, I think MLS Cup ready July, two years hence. I agree, yeah. yeah. That is their pretty much their stated goal, and that that's a plan they're trying to execute. Yeah. And so that involves a lot of money, which Haslam apparently is willing to spend. It's the look of the league. You yeah. got Robert Kraft spending 
10 plus million dollars on someone that's it's what what calls for it you buy some real grass <laughs> all right um room was more involved in the play during the first half of the cincy match will we see more of that in the future sure why not it all depends on what the defense does if they're pressing high like what the game before new york city they couldn't really get out of the back so they'll play it long the real play there was zardis being able to get out to santos and then springing the attack there all right who has the best chicken sandwich I don't know. People love Popeyes it's just not now, right? Choice? No, it's just they want to know. I guess it's the the bait of the week. Well, okay, it depends on what kind of chicken is it? Like just a plain old chicken breast on a sandwich? That's chicken sandwich. It, well, that wouldn't you know, be some the best. sriracha. That wouldn't, that wouldn't be the yeah. best chicken yeah. sandwich. Yeah. But I get your point. I mean, there's a yeah. lot of ways to make it. I mean, are you a Chick-fil-A guy? Are you a Popeyes? See, see, you're right in the alley here, yeah. the Peruvian place here in, in Lynn Alley, right behind yep. our building here at 62 East Road. Yep. Your chicken sandwiches are excellent. You get some of that hot sauce on it? Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. I do like hot chicken takeover. Yeah. Yeah, that's good stuff. I think it's over. <laughs> All right. Now that Hell is Real is done for the year, as a fan, is it okay to take the rest of the year off? That's a case-by-case basis. You know, how's the home life? Uh, do you need some time off? Um, is, is life getting away from you? Do you have some problems you need to deal with? And I think after Hell is Real, if, if any of this holds or if there's anything pressing you need to get you need to straighten out that yes, you should you should take the rest the rest of the year off. All right, it's and okay. Kind of a recurring uh, reference here throughout uh, this season. If oh. Hell is Real 2.5 was food. What food would it be? Oh. I'm glad people are picking up on the. I know 2.5. Hmm. How about like really good like award winning burnt ends? How yeah. about that? Yeah, well, that's good enough. Yeah. That, that's pretty good, Jake. Yeah. Well, we we were at uh, City Bar, yeah, yeah. That's pretty Before good. The game, so yeah. that was pretty good. That's what yeah. I thought. I'll just, leave, I think we should just leave that. Yeah, one there. there we go. All right, and then are the practice facilities and the stadium all cleared for building? No, we've been through this, and uh, that's tied with the Expo 2050 Commission. Although, as that process has gone underway as to what to do with the whole of the fairgrounds. With the task force that's reporting to the governor, the governor has been explicit that uh, in the short term, the project to re- redo Moffray Stadium and turn it into a training facility and uh, community park is a priority. And in fact, he's even, or someone has already said, it's on the record somewhere, and I forget where, but I think the 21 acres of parking that they want to take as part of the Mafre site project, if not approved officially, it's been a nod and a sure, yeah, you can do that. All right. And then somebody would like to know um, our thoughts about why a significant number of fans don't seem to rate Zardes, even though he's statistically one of the best strikers in the league and one of the best the crew has ever had. I would say because consistently, he doesn't have to have two goals a game, but he consistently, I didn't phrase this correctly, but he has to consistently finish the chances that he had. So you're saying the easy ones, Sunday. The, the really easy ones. Yeah, absolutely. Like he, he missed a shot late in the second half. That, yeah, that, that, ha- that happened. That yeah. was, that was mean, a tough yeah. shot. It, it crossed does. over to his right yeah. foot and then back across yeah. the body. But I yes, think the be- should the- a million dollar striker yeah. finish that? Probably. Yeah. I think too, I think you're absolutely right, Jacob. I think also that plays into this is that that old saw that everybody's free agents look better than yours. I think yeah. the local familiarity with Zardis breeds some head scratching. And then you look at pure statistics from other players and you say, well, he's why isn't he this guy? And the people who watch that guy every day are saying, why isn't he Zardis? There's, right. I think there's some of that myopia that goes on in any any given market. Yeah, and I, I think I would also say something that fans that rate him 
poorly in some aspects don't look at his hold-up play like right. that we saw on that first goal. Oh, yeah. Or he, his defensive work rate yeah. is top-notch across most strikers. Like I'm not comparing yeah. him in any way to Joseph Martinez as a goal right. scorer, but I don't see it's not his skill set, Martinez, to make those type of plays around the field that Zardes does. But I, I also wouldn't put out the picture that they go and get a real top-level striker. I think that's a possibility. Sure, it's a possibility. I would only add this, that dude potted two in the rivalry game. Yeah. That's what you want. That's what you need. Yeah. A lot of people. I think a lot of people. people are, down are, are upset abilities. because yeah, I think a lot of people get mad for the easy goals. You know, the the ones that you think that oh he should have gotten, or the ones that he you know late in the game. But his first touch could have proved right, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but that's he's always had that that first touch. You know, working on the first touch. But I think crew fans will will see more goals from him as the quality of wingers have completely at, yeah, agree have, have like risen. I mean. I think he was kind of pressing a little bit early in the season when the when the crosses weren't there, but he's he's not a guy who's going to, you know, cut through 13 people and, you know, score goals. You know, he has to be fed the ball in a certain way within a, you know, a 12 to 18. And he's uh, good at reading it. Right, and he's good at reading, you know. But, you know, I I just think that there will be, you know, I think he'll always have those moments, you know, where he's going to, you know, pull a, a Chris Wondrowski and put the ball, you know, two feet on the goal, you know, over, you know, over the goal. But I mean, if you look at his goals, I mean, they're quality goals. I mean, the one, the, the two that he scored, yeah. you know, on Sunday are, are quality goals. The second one, even a yeah. Patrick over there. I also just looked it up. Last year, he's he averaged half a shot more per game over that stretch. So he had 88 shots in 33 games. He has 55 and 23. That's another maybe reason to you're not seeing the goals at that 19 goals level. Any other questions, Arby's or oh, anything yeah. like that? The one I like the best is, which actors will play these characters in the movie The Crew from Saving to Saved that portrays the 2018 and 19 seasons? So we have Caleb Porter, Will Trapp, Anthony Precourt, Zardes, Dr. Pete, and Alex Cornelli's grandfather. Oh. You got a list there, yeah. Kyle. I didn't, you've I didn't been, you've been geared up, yeah. For this. Yeah, but do you guys want to go first, or uh, do you want to hear my read? Read off a player, and okay. maybe go around. All right, so I guess first uh, we'll start with Porter. There is a an actor, or even actress. Huh. I have uh, about Edward like, Norton. How about like a oh jeez, like a crossover celebrity that's like been in a few acting roles, but is more pro- like Harry Styles was in that uh world in Dunkirk. I don't know something like that because he wasn't I, that, say, as big as those other guys in the. I, I'm going to say movie. they cast Dave Matthews as Porter. All right, then what about Will Trap? Let's go uh, Timothy Chalamet or Ansel Elgort. Those are some younger guys, but Bieber. There you go. I went with Elijah Wood. So Anthony Precourt. No, you know who's Frodo? trap. You know who's trap yeah, is uh, Zac Efron. How about yeah. that? Oh, yeah, I can see that. I like Zac Efron. Yeah. How about Precourt. He's Bobby Brady. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Brady's going to play him. And not the actor who played Bobby Brady. I mean, Bobby Brady. Matthew McConaughey. Oh. Oh, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, From the Lincoln commercials. (laughs) I said uh, Aaron Eckhart. So, from Harvey Two-Face, from the Batman movies. Yeah. Or who's the, uh, I mean, no, he's a little older. Never mind. I was thinking of the guy who voices uh, Mr. Incredible. And then uh, Zardes. I said Michael B. Jordan. Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes. Um, yeah, but you know they can make him look young. Creed he just dies here. Creed's awesome. Donald Glover he moves like yeah. him. I mean, yeah. think of Willie Mays Hayes. Yeah, that's Jossie's artist. Yeah. Could, yeah, go Donald Glover. All right, and then how about Doctor Pete? Oh, that's a good one. It's got to be the, You'd the have wise to go, guy. I think, I think you got to go back and like you need like Henry Fonda. 
or Burt Lancaster. You need someone. Robert Redford? With gravitas, yeah. I said either Tom Hanks or Morgan Freeman. All right. I think, you know, Morgan Freeman would have saved the world. I mean, he can save a team, right? <laughs> I like that. All right, and then uh, Alex Cornelli's grandfather. He can. He's played by himself. There you go. <laughs> I Who like can, that. I mean, that's perfect. Yeah. All right. There we go. All right, that's Dean it for Martin. the Speakeasy today. More or, questions like that. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> Told you it was good. You enjoyed that. I did. All right. Again, we're wrapping up on the 27th of August, Tuesday. Speakeasy number. Which speakeasy number is this, Patrick Flaherty? He has no idea. 3, He's not the best producer in the business for nothing. For Patrick Flaherty at the Podfather. Two. For Kyle Robertson at K Rob Photo. For Jacob Myers at Jacob underscore Myers underscore 25. I'm at Michael A Race One, among other things. What do you guys want for lunch next week? I should oh, bring yeah. lunch. Just, just let me close. It's on, it's on time. Patrick, kick us out of here. <laughs>